Hey, the Audible today is presented by Microsoft Surface. And John, I know you're, I know you, I know you're big into Microsoft Surface. I am. Man. I have a Surface. You're, 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 a, you're a computer guy. I'm, I'm not a very computer-driven guy, but I know you are. Microsoft Surface. That's what butters uh, everything for me. There you go. All right, well, the Audible's back on the air. Kimbo Camper, John Kajemi, and John, I, I got to tell you, man. I thought we had one. I did too. I, I thought That's we two had weeks one. in a row. Two weeks in a row where you're, where you're right there with an opportunity, and but but I, I thought you know it, it's it's funny, John. You you go back to week one when the Baltimore Ravens came to town, and and it was just a disaster. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, they just did whatever wasn't they pretty. Wanted, did whatever they wanted to do on both sides of the football, and you thought, wow, this. But but they've gotten better and better and better every week. In the last two weeks, you're sitting there with two games where you got an opportunity to win those football games. And, and I thought the way that this team played both offensively and defensively, and boy, what a, what a boost we saw from Ryan Fitzpatrick last week. Continued on with it this week, very seamless. From same thing we saw, he just in carried the on, on, yeah, carried right, right over. over the production, the feel of the offense, all those types of things, and, and then defensively. You know the 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 Buffalo Bills not not the most not a powerhouse offense by any stretch of the imagination, but they've got some good players over there, and and I thought the defense, especially after losing Christian Wilkins in, in second the, in play the, in the, in the yeah. second play of the game, when you only have three defensive tackles going into the football game, the the way the way they adjusted, the way they made changes, the way they put personnel in different spots, uh, they 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 became a blitzing type of a team. I, I thought really confused the Buffalo Bills uh, throughout a, a big majority of the game. And, you know, you get that big drive, 16 plays, yeah. get it down to the two-yard line. It looks like you're going to punch it in. If, if, if nothing else, come away with points. With points and, 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 you, and you get the turnover, the first of two turnovers. And that really was the beginning of the end for this football team because off those – not not only do you take six minutes, 16-play drive – you take all the time, take all that time off the clock, and and, and you come up empty-handed. Then they go ninety-eight yards and that's punch right. it in. That was and, the, and, and that's the that was that was that was the backbreaker. That for was you the right ultimate there. slap, you yeah. know, back towards you in the face because you you spend all that time you you gamble on special teams yep. to get the first down on the fake uh, field goal. Yep. Now you have it an opportunity to punch it in and you allow Jordan Phillips to break the a gap. He comes for a huge yep. loss. Thank goodness. He's, he was so important about celebrating. He didn't yeah. see the ball on the ground on that play. Yeah, right. Right. But at least, it, you know, you, you let up a, a negative play on first and goal. Then you come back and throw the pick and the backbreaker. Ultimately, as you said, it's the 98 yards yeah. going down, getting points. And that was a, a big deflating point in the game for me as a fan watching it yeah. I can only imagine you know the players on the field yeah. kind of feeling the same way that you know we we are out playing these yeah. guys or at least we're we're toe-to-toe with these yeah. guys we have a lead and now we, we just we threw it away we yeah. threw it away with a with a bad play on the interception now give credit it was good interception was, by was, white yes, broke on the football yep. but but you shouldn't be in that situation yeah. on second and goal because first and goal, you know, you, yeah. you make a negative play where you never should have penetration there no. go, going forward. So it was either bust or, you know, it was a good play by Phillips. I think it was a bust. You know, you just let that crease yeah. go, come through and that should never happen. But that was the part of the game where you felt like we could have control of the yeah. game. You punch it in there, you go up 21-9, Buffalo's reeling yeah. right now. Well, well, you know what, now, now they've got – now you take away the running game from them. Now they've got to throw the football, and that certainly isn't Josh Allen's strong suit. Well, I mean, there were guys open all day that he that, missed. That he missed, yes. And, and credit, you know, credit the guys kept coming after him and trying to make it tough. But and, if you, he, and you go back to that 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 drive after the after the after the interception, mm-hmm. who made the big plays? Frank Gore with the running game. Maybe yeah. he busted out for about a 13, 14 yard game. Tight end, that, that really Knox got, gets got one. Him, got him out of the got yeah. him out of the hole in there, and you know, like you said, had, had you been able to go three and out there. You've completely changed the field. You're going to get the ball back. You get at, another crack at, at, at it at, at midfield or yeah. somewhere around that point to take another right. another crack at it. But it all it all goes the other direction. So, um, but a, a lot of good things in that football game. And I think you're just starting to look, Mike Gusecki. I mean, here's a guy that you know struggled last year, struggled early on, but I think he's starting to believe in himself, and he's believing in himself and going after balls that maybe early in the season he didn't go after with the same. The same reverence that he did, 
yesterday. I mean, he went those those balls. Every ball he caught yesterday wasn't a perfect pass. Was a tough ball to yeah. catch. And, but but give Fitzpatrick credit too because he yep. gave him a chance to make yep. those plays. Right? He, you know, he proved last week. Hey, he made a couple tough catches last week as well. Comes back. Yep. Yeah, it's a back shoulder seam route. He, he idles down. You know, he's a big body. Yep. He idles down, gets the football. One on the sideline. He gets you know gets the football, and then he's run after catch opportunities. So you're right. He's starting to believe not only in himself, but say, you know, if it's a 50-50 chance, not only in the air, but where I have to adjust my body to make a catch, he's starting to do those types of things too, which makes you believe that maybe he's turned the corner. Yeah, we've talked about his catch radius, and you saw it on display yesterday from the low ball to the high ball to body control, control, all that stuff. And and I think the more he – I think – I just got to feel like his confidence is growing. And not only that, especially when uh, Fitzpatrick's in the game. I think his confidence now in throwing the ball to him and knowing, like you said, look, I'm, I'm going to throw it to him. I'm going to throw it high. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it somewhere where only he can get it you know, and, and not let the defensive back or, or a linebacker, whoever it's yeah. covering. Let him go up. Let him use his athletic ability. Because now you've seen it a number of times where he can make that tough catch and then come down with it. Or as a quarterback, what Fitz is probably going through as well is, hey, I can stop him with the throw, and I trust that Mike's going to know you know, just not to yeah. keep running yeah. and make it look like, you know, I'm, I'm going down the field. Know the situation, yeah. know the body language, know the type of coverage you're facing so I can still give you a chance when you're not open. Yeah. Because the biggest criticism, I think, on Gasicki is he can't create separation because he's a long strider. Yeah. Well, if he can't, I've got to invent ways to get the football around his body, yeah. and he needs to know, Mike needs to know when to idle down so he can position his yeah. body to make those back shoulders catches to make those low catches down the seam whereas he's covered but I'm going to throw you to a spot where you might be open yeah so it was yeah there were you know there, there's you see this team like 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 to me that that's a big thing for this team being having Mike become a guy that's going to give you you know you're going to give him six to eight targets a game well it's sure going to help and, the and, big and, guys on the outside and no doubt and he's going to and he's and, and now you kind of feel confident you give him six to eight targets a game he's going to catch five five of those balls right right mm-hmm. and and who knows maybe, maybe more but before i was like hey geez you know you don't know if, you, you don't know if you're going to get any production but but now you know, we've seen it for a couple of weeks and uh, like we were talking about it before it's, it's like it's like hitting a golf shot you know you hit a golf shot good you hit it good the next time next time you go man i can hit that shot so, right. so you go out and you got a confidence yeah in, in doing it and i think you see that confidence Coming out of my, as well as you said, with uh, with Fitzpatrick, confidence in knowing that I can put the ball up there for you, and you, you know what, you're going to fight for it. It's a two way street. Yeah. It's a two way street, and that goes for everybody. I think the same thing on the outside with Williams. You know, he's starting to emerge yeah. as a guy that can run by you, the guy that can catch it. I mean, you know, he put the ball on the ground in the middle, but I have to give credit again to the defense. I mean, you have to secure it, but that's a punch right on it. That's just a smart yeah. defensive play, but he has to fight through those. And I think he did. He made an error, came right back. Yeah. Next time, catches the football. Yeah. You know, I and I like what Devontae's giving you on the outside. The disappointing thing for me in the past offense right now is you have no Jakeem Grant anywhere in yep. sight and and really Albert I mean he made one big one catch, catch but but, that, yeah. but they're they're not they're not uh they're available not the, they're not to, the to, explosive, for explosive plays they're not the explosive right. guys that we saw at the beginning of last year when you have those little touch passes where you get them and just right. let them get let them in let space them make things happen in and space. I think the and, offense is is kind well, of and, and I, a little different it, it doesn't really uh, it's not catering yeah. to, to what they're doing right now. And, and and look, I know they're both playing. I'm still not 100% sure they're 100% healthy. Yeah, that's you know, Jakeem, true. Jakeem, I think, is still a little bit iffy, yeah. you know, on that thing. And, and I think I think Albert, you know, going through the injury that he had, I think Albert's still trying to get in his mind that he's healthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes when you, you're playing, but you, you just don't – You're just going you don't out. Trust yeah. yourself. You don't trust your body to go – all out. And I think the yeah. one ball that he caught, he was a little surprised. Yeah. You know, Fitzy rears back. And that was probably the, the hardest, you know, velocity throw yeah. of, the, of the day because he's trying to jam it over a, a linebacker in between coverage and, and below the safety. Yeah. And it almost went through his hands. You know, it kind of rested on his helmet a little bit. He snags the catch and the, and the drive continues. 
But I just don't – I just see that this offense right now is going from Devontae and Williams on the outside to Mike on the inside. Yep. And how about the running of Mark Walton? Yep. Uh, you know, the, the tough running, the tough yards he's getting in back-to-back weeks, that, that, that impressed me. Yeah. I, it, it's, there's, there's a lot of, lot of good things moving on there. And, 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 and look, and, I, and I'll give you this. You, you, you know, when, when Kilgore went out and you go, okay, you're going to move – uh, Bame to center now. Yeah. I didn't have a problem because Bame is he's played a lot of center in his, yeah. in his career in his college days, and so he's 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 equipped to play that position. But but then you're going to bring in Shaq. Shaq Calhoun, which weakens you in a guard position, and, and then you then you, then you got to bring in uh, uh, then you got Dieter on the other side, and then at at, at halftime at halftime uh, Calhoun went out. He was sick during halftime. So they're trying to get him fluids in him. So you bring in uh, uh, it was um, Reed, Chris Reed in, right. and and he, but I tell you th- those guys in the middle, whether it was Calhoun or Reed or Dieter and and, and, Bame. and Bame, I thought they played because when you look at when you look at Mark Walton's got most of his yards in, in the middle of that offensive line. He did, and those guys were moving people. I saw Bame a couple times on running plays, just move guys. Out of the way, and, and so I give those guys a lot. I give those those three guys a lot of credit for what they were able to do, adapting and, and playing well yesterday. Collectively, they they filled the spot yeah. that that was a, a vacancy really in the middle of the Dolphins' offensive line. Uh, I I know I'm hoping that Kilgore is going to be able to come back yep. on Monday night against the Steelers on the road. You know, give him an extra day or two to get healthy from last week to this week. You're hoping that he's going to be available because that strengthens. Your offensive yep. line, but I, I agree with you, Bo. I thought those guys played really well on the interior, and I thought most of the missed assignments and some of the penalties were coming off the edges with Webb mm-hmm. and, and with Davis. Yep. Yep. You know, there, there, that was probably more of an issue than we thought the middle yep. of the offensive line was going you know, the, to be. The big issue was Jordan Phillips in the, in the middle, and that, and that was yeah, that one play that, on that, the goal that line one play really, really, really set this team back and put them in a in an awkward situation there, and it, and it ended up. Uh, being a being a bad situation. The other side on the defense, you lose Christian Wilkins on the first uh, series, and and then you're going through and and Vince Beagle, who we're going to talk to a little bit later in the program. You know, Vince shows up and he's playing all he's over playing the place. Everywhere. Right? He lined up everywhere. And Trent Williams, uh, he came. Trent was him. Trent Groot, what him? The, the other linebacker, ninety-seven. Uh, these guys have been coming and going so much, it's hard to keep up with them. But uh, let me see, ninety-seven. Yeah, Trent Harris. Trent Harris came in. He's playing lined up as a defensive. At one point I looked and both Beagle and Trent Harris were lined up as defensive ends, you know, rushing the passer. It's amazing how many guys on defense, and, and you didn't even get to the secondary where we you have names yeah, no, that no, no, are, no. you have names that yeah. we haven't seen on the roster yeah. and positions that we haven't seen guys in kind of flying around just trying to hang with guys. You know, we saw Nick Needham for, for yeah. most of the second half yeah. playing a little bit of everywhere. Uh, you, you you mentioned the guys up front. Uh, Lamont was playing. The yeah, backside. exactly. You, yeah. you had Webster. You got you got a bunch of different guys that yeah. are back there that are, are being asked to to play a, a hefty amount of snaps. Yeah. That probably going into that week, you didn't think they were going to play well, that much. And you, you thought you you know you thought at least I, you know I know I, I I was talking to guys before the game down on the field, coaches, and, and everyone really expected X to play. And yeah. then and then and then last minute, a late scratch. And you go, oh now now what do you do now and so there 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 in comes in Lamonds and those guys and, and that that are going to have to come in and, and fill up Wilts all, all those guys right. that have had struggles along the way came in and and you know, but it, it leads it, to confusion especially yeah. on the goal line play where you mentioned Wilts it's man to man coverage and he's kind of looking like who do I have yeah. and his guys catching the touchdown yeah. and you know that especially down in that area if it's man to man you got to plaster you, you, you can't have you, any hesitation you, you really can't yeah. he's looking for you know the the combo right. uh, or the pick and and it wasn't really it was just a slant and a and a, a diagonal route yeah. to the front pylon and he's the guy that's supposed to be there but you create hesitation because you're in so many different areas and so yeah. many different positions it's man to man, and he's trying to invent, yep. an, you know, another coverage. So let's get back a little bit to to Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in uh, last week in the fourth quarter, and then the game this week. and And I know I've mentioned it a couple of times in our in our post game shows. You know, there there just seems to be a calm to that offense when he comes in, and I think it's his leadership. 
you know, the, it's the, his demeanor. His experience, his yeah. demeanor. It's just that whole thing. No, doesn't get flustered. Hey, let's go. Let's hear. You know, and 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 I, and I think that's been a big positive for, for this for this offense, especially with the young offensive line that's moving around. He helps with protection. He can help by find that little crease to get out and, and, and throw the ball down the field or run as he did a couple right. times yesterday and do some things. And, and and I think he helps that offense. Um feel a little bit more confident about what they're doing when he's in the game. There's no doubt. There is absolutely no doubt that he gives the guys around him the confidence that, hey, I'm going to do my job, and I'm not really worried about you guys doing your job. I have confidence in you. And I think that makes the other 10 guys in the huddle feel a lot better. You know, And I think when you watch Fitz – and he starts to execute, and you go, man, okay, yeah. we, we got a, we, we got a chance, you know. And even when there's some down times or some down periods of the game, I don't think this team flinches with him at quarterback, yeah, because they've seen him do it. They know, and they look at him, and you feel confident yeah. because he he's I got you, we're okay. Yeah. And I think he plays that way. I think he walks around that way. I think he approaches yeah. the huddle that way. I think everything that he does when his teammates are, are have eyeballs on him yeah. is like, hey, don't worry he, about it. I'll, he, I'll take care of you it. You know, it's funny. We we were Joe Joe Rose and I. You know, last week at the uh, when we were at home, um, we, we you know we get this, we get the stadium about nine. I get about nine o'clock in the right. stadium, and there's no one there. And so usually I'll sit on the bench and just kind of, you know, kind of work on my little bit of my paperwork, do some of the stuff I want to do, and just kind of keep an eye, see who's going out and right. working out. And, you know, if, if a guy's going to be inactive, we're, you know, who's – so just kind of sitting there. And so, so Fitz comes walking out with one of the offensive linemen, sits down at the end of the bench, and they're just talking. And next thing you know, there's like five or six guys around him, and they're all sitting next to him, and they're all talking. And, and, and Fitz is kind of this – and he, he – you know, he's that guy. You know who he is? To me, he's, he's like – like Don Strock was our guy, mm-hmm. like that. You know, Don was a guy you could always go and he's gonna. He, he's. I don't care what the situation was. He's gonna be relaxed. Right. He's gonna be loose. Right. You're gonna have fun. He's gonna talk. Anybody, but you, you can talk. You can be serious. You can. You can have fun with him. And and he and he just attracts guys to him. Right. And I think watching Fitz is that situation where guys were just coming around him just to be around him and and and, and kind of. Feed off him a little bit. So during the game, before the game, I'm looking at him and everybody that he played with on that Buffalo team yeah. coming over to him. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, there's guys that I've seen that, that, you know, that, you know, you see on other teams, yeah, I don't care. You know, I'll whatever, see him whatever, after. Right, see him if after, I see him, but yeah. everybody comes over to him and everyone's giving him a big hug right. and he's going to big hug. And, and then afterwards in the post game, we're in there and there's two writers that came in from Buffalo. You know, to talk because since he'd hey, been there, hey Jerry, and, 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 man, guy, and he's yeah. like, hey Jerry, that's a good question. And, <clears throat> yeah. and then, and then, you know, after everyone dispersed, after he was done, he stayed there, looked up. The one guy left right away, and he goes to the other guy. He goes, hey, where'd Jerry go? I want to say goodbye to him or say something to him. So that guy came back in, and I'm sitting there watching him, and he's just like, just great conversation with these guys, and they're going, hey, how's your dad? And you know, they knew all. It, it was right. just it, it. You're seeing more of what. He brings to the what table. What he brings to the yeah. table beyond just being standing in that huddle or dropping back and throwing a football or whatever. There's a lot more. He's that genuine. He, a lot more right? that he brings to this football team than just a guy that's going to take a snap, hand it off, or throw it to somebody down the yeah, field. Yeah, and that means a lot. And I think yeah. guys relate to that. I think guys yeah. that are uh, offensive linemen, guys that are running backs, guys that are wide receivers, guys on the defensive side of yeah. the football – they can relate to that, and I think that's what endears him to every team that he's been to, yep. all the teammates yep. that he's had, and, and that's why he's lasted so long because he he has intangibles. Not only the the God given ability to throw the football, to be able to be cerebral enough yep. to to learn eight different offenses, yep. ten different off, whatever it's been, but he has he has the wherewithal to know people skills, and he has the ability to bring people kind of together to believe that, hey, yep. we might be a little bit better than everybody's saying yep. that we are, and if we can just go out and do our job. And I think that's why this team's improving yep. so much over the last five quarters is because he had his chance, it didn't go really well, but he's so resilient that he's not going to let that affect the next opportunity yep. he gets. And that's why he's been so successful at every stop. He, he still has that inner 
strength to believe that he's the best guy for the job. And if you don't have that mindset, you're never going to be successful as a quarterback because you're going to have failure and you're going to have some success. That failure can't override the success and that success can't override really the failure. you got to keep that even keel. And I think he does. And he does it in a way that's infectious to everybody that's around him. You know, you know one of the things, the other things that that, uh, that I thought about, and, and not about Fitz, Fitzpatrick, but in, in, in with Fitzpatrick along the line. So there's been, you know, there, there's all the time, this team's, this team's tanking, this team's doing all this, mm-hmm. all this kind of conversation. If you don't think that Brian Flores is trying to win football games, you didn't watch the last two games. Right. Right? I, I think there are certain things, and, and, and he kind of got a little heat he kind of got a little heat this last week when he went from Rosen's still the guy, and, and then he said, "You know what? I'm going with Fitz." Right. And, and and because I think he realized that Fitz gives him the better chance to win to win football games, and and and, and everyone's going, "No, oh, well, you're you know you're waffling. You, you this was this, and he's like, "Well, no, no." And and I agree with with I I agree with with uh, with Flo. I'm playing the guys that can help me win this game. Right. And 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 if you don't think he's you know the, the fake field goal, the the the, the onside kicks, the the all those things going for it on fourth going down. For, for, all yeah, those, all those things. For, for people that are still saying this team isn't trying to win, you're not watching the goddamn games and, and you're not absorbing what's what's going on out there. I, I mean, I look, agree. I give this fits. I I mean, you know, Flores is he he still learned to be a head coach. Yeah. You know, I, I see him on the sideline and he's still. You know, he's still kind of, you know, working through the timeout. When you know, he's coming down to the referees to, to, to call the timeouts and, and 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 all these types of things. And so you, he, he's growing as a head coach. But I think what you're seeing is the things that he talked about when he came here. Pre-snap penalties are down. Penalties in general are down. Right. You know, big big mental errors are are, are are being minimized. They're still making mental errors, but this team's you got so many people coming in and out. Yeah. But I think you're starting to see the framework of what kind of team a Brian Flores team when it's fully equipped to go out and compete at the highest level in the NFL is going to look like when we get there. Yeah, I think you said something really important about him still learning how to become a game day yep. uh, head coach. I think he's he's got a handle on how he wants to run practice, yep. how he wants the organization to look, how he wants it to flow. But I think on game day, you really got to get those reps. Yeah, you know, you're not you're, you. You got to be in tight situations. You, you can't be in simulate tough, those yeah. situations yeah. at practice as, as much as you try to. Yeah, you really can't. And it's about the mechanism of you know, how are we going to go for it? How am I? You yeah. know, like he did against Washington with ten minutes left to go. We're going to go for two. Yeah, he let everybody know. Well, if he's that definitive and that decisive, that's great. Yeah, but you got to be able to have a little bit of. of of flex in your decisions like he did at quarterback yeah. where, you know, if he felt like Fitzy's going to give us the best opportunity to win, then I'm don't worry it. about any, yeah. what, anybody what anybody says. says I'm yeah. going to go with my gut. Yeah. And I so think, I'm, I'm I think watching, that's great. I'm watching him on the sideline. It was, pro- it was just before they went for the <clears throat> the fake field goal and picked up the first down. Right. Right. And and, and I'm and he's he's coming down the sideline. And I'm right. I'm kind of right there. He's coming down the sideline. And he says, how far? How far? He wanted to know how. And, and really, it was. I only, thought we were going to get a measurement, it, it, number it, well, one. Well, so, and he's, and, and I, I kept telling my, I want to say, coach, tell him you want a measurement. Tell him you want a measurement. They've got to give you, if you ask for it, they've got to right. give you it. And so, so instead of, you know, he was kind of like trying to, trying to keep the clock in the back of his mind, but try to find out, and, and, and what are we going to do? And, and, and so to me, that's a, that's for him like a learning. Hey, hey tell him, I want a measurement. I want to see the measurement because the ball, the ball was bet- the the marker was between the hat between the, the, the yeah marker. yeah the three and the, and the two and, and probably the ball was ahead of the that the, the area mark. so it's in that it's it's a six inch boat to be quite honest with you on TV it looks like it's a first down no question right, right. and then you see the linesman kind of serpentine and as he's running yeah. in I'm going wait a minute wait a minute we're yeah. gonna get screwed on this yeah. on this mark. Because it looked like, I think it was Walton. It looked like Walton clearly yep. had the first down. I, I'm going, all right, first and goal. We're going to punch it yep. in here, make it 21 to yeah, 9. It, it was tight because, I, like I said, I, I walked right down there and, and looked right down the line. And and, and, it, and it was close. And, and like I said, I, I would have just said, if you know, look, but you know, you know what? Shit happens fast. Yeah, it does. You know, like I said, talking about getting used to being on the you know, practice. You, you sit up in your office. 
schedule your practices. You come out, you run your practice according to schedule. Well, throw that schedule out on game because things change rapidly. Right. You got to make quick decisions. And, and he's equipped to make those decisions. Made the right decision there, got the play in. It, it worked and, and all those things. But uh, so, yeah, he's still, but, but you, I, I just think his, his fingerprints, we're starting to see his fingerprints on this team. Um, not only with what they're doing, but with the way players are playing for them. Yeah, you I don't can care see what it. you know. These guys are busting their look, and they're the, being asked to do that, a lot that, of things that aren't on their script. It, about it was going to take a miracle for them to win that game, right? In the last few minutes, right? But you know what? Put the ball. That took the ball down the field. Fitz, Fitzy runs Fitzy it in runs for eleven it in, yards, runs, runs it in, over. and runs over somebody. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you go, "Hey, hey, we're an onside kick away from being Have right back in this thing again." Right. And you know the the you know they've tried that awesome outside kids a third time and you know third time you kind of got stung on it right. but but yeah, I, I but you're you're you know we're still there with a couple minute and a half left in the game still with an opportunity well that's all you can ask for especially going on the road in a place that hasn't been very friendly I think we've won one time since maybe 2011 yep. 2012 up there and uh, you you are you're it's a it's a one score game yep. and you, you've got a chance at the end that's all you can ask for after all the obstacles and all the things you had to overcome yeah. to get to that point. Yeah. Hey, one of the things, we got Pittsburgh coming up on Monday night. You know what we're going to hear from Larry Seipel? Nice. Larry Seipel, you the remember back punt. when the undefeated season, they got to go on the road and and, and play the Pittsburgh right, Steelers. which is crazy. And he comes up one of the historic Dolphin plays of all time and takes the punt. So we're going to talk to Larry Seipel about the fake punt that he was involved in. And also, uh, Vince Beagle is going to come in and join us. So we're going to catch up with Vince here for a second. Awesome. Join us now, linebacker Vince Beagle and Vince. Hey, wait a minute, Bo. I gotta, I gotta say something. Are you sure it's linebacker? Because I no, saw no, him no, at no, nose no, 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 no. I saw him all over the place on Sunday. I, I, I'm not sure what, what position. No, Vince I, I is saw him. Right remember, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But I, <laughs> so here, here's my. So I, I remember Vince. Well, first of all, welcome to the program. Welcome to the Audible. Appreciate you coming in. Hey, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I, I remember the last preseason game. Uh, we're in New Orleans, right? And watching, and I remember we're down. We're down. Dolphins are down by the goal line. Late, late in the game, whatever, getting ready to go. And I'm looking at this guy bouncing around. And I'm going, who is this guy? You know, like, he's settling down. I'm like, he's bouncing around. He's talking to guys. And I, and I look, and I see in the back of his shirt, and I, and I look at him, like, Vince Beagle. I go, who is this guy here? And then, and then next week, I go, hey, we signed Vince Beagle. I go, oh, I, I remember watching that guy. And all I remember was him and seeing you in New Orleans. And going, man, that, that's an energy guy right there. And so here you are with the Dolphins now and get, getting some opportunity. Like John said, this, this week in particular – um, I'm watching, you know, Christian Wilkins gets, you know, gets tossed from the game after the second ser- second second play. Yeah. And we went into the game with only three defensive tackles. I'm going, geez, what are they going to do? Next thing I know, I look, you're lined up as a defensive end with your hand in the dirt. Later I saw you line, I think you lined up over the center yep. one time with your hand in the dirt. And I'm going, man, these guys, but I tell you what, a lot of shuffling around. And, and, I, and I think that, I think that all the movement and all the changes, plus you guys were blitzing a lot. I think it really, I think it really confused Josh Allen, and it gave you guys some some pretty good opportunities during the course of that game early on. Yeah, you, I think you really touched on it. For me, it's been fun to be on this defense, being all over the field, yeah. my hand in the dirt, outside linebacker, defensive end, uh, nose tackle. Not really, but <laughs> no, but, but no, but yeah, you're, you're, in, you're in that. Hey, gap. You can put it in your resume. You line yeah. up one play. Yeah, and then obviously been playing off the ball some too, as yeah. well as, as yeah. inside linebacker. So. For me, to be in Flo's defense has been has been a blessing for me because it kind of reminds really Coach Flo reminds me a lot of Dave Aranda. Mm-hmm. He was a defensive coordinator Wisconsin. I had at Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. A guy who really loved to, you know, mix it up, a great defensive mind who really put guys in great positions to make plays. And for me, it this has been the most comfortable defense I've been a part of so far in, yeah. a, in the league. And uh, you, you, you touched on it. I was over the, over the center as a nose. Actually, whether Christian was in there or not, I was, was going to be me. Yep, yeah. 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 You know, it's been a fun, fun to be a part of this defense, make some plays, obviously, for the team and, and you know, continue to grow. And yeah. I think as the season progresses and, and hopefully stay here for years to come, I hopefully can grow and develop and, and to be a, gr- a great, great player in this defense. Is this a young, this a young football team in general? general and young on defense when you talk about Christian and Gottschall and and Baker and Raquan McMillan yeah. and all these guys that are playing yourself and all these you know when you look around at those guys looking forward you're excited about what this team can be with this core of young players 
especially on the defensive side of the football? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of positive things to look forward to. And, and you touched on the inside linebackers, great defensive, young yep. defensive linemen, um, and and some young secondary guys, mm-hmm. too, who are getting opportunities. A lot of play, yeah. Absolutely young. You know, X being out last <laughs> yep. last week and, and the week before. So a lot of, you know, a lot of opportunities for these guys to be able to show, showcase what they can do and help. And, um, you know, for me, it's been been obviously fun to contribute and, and, and make some plays for this yep. defense. It's been fun. So I think as the years go on, I think Dolphins fans have a lot of a lot of things to look forward yep. to, um, not just not just on defense, but overall yep. as a team. You know, we got we got great great things in place with coach mm-hmm. starting with Coach Flo and, and down to PG and, and on the yep. offense side of the ball. There's some great things in play. And I think if Dolphin, Dolphin fans, you know, be patient, there's yep. going to be some fun things to come. Now, I know, obviously, you guys haven't had the success or the outcomes that you're looking for. But can you see the, you know, the progression, the way you guys finished off against Washington, played against the Washington Redskins for four quarters, especially on offense? You know, they, they really came on in the fourth quarter and then kind of carried over to Buffalo on both sides of the football. You made it hard on, on Allen. You know, it wasn't easy sledding for Gore. Uh, the offense had a chance to punch it in and make it 21-9. I mean, do you guys feel that you're making strides, uh, you know, week, on a weekly basis? I'm an optimistic person to begin with, but honestly, our team has been taking great steps each and every single week. And I think you've been seeing, seeing that every single week, you know. Mm. Just from week one to, to today, it's been a huge growth. And I think a lot of that was because, I mean, we had like 15, 15 new guys yeah. who just walked in the door. They're playing. And then they're playing yeah. six, you know, five, six days later. You know, I don't it's it's hard for people to really understand yeah. what that means. And people are like, Oh, you, a playbook's a playbook. Yeah. No, it's no. getting my family settled, getting yeah. settled into a house. It's all these external stresses that kind of constrict you in, in, in doing your job. Yeah. And as the season's progressed, you can kind of see guys getting settled in, understanding the playbook, um, guys understanding their roles and, and focusing on that. And I, the wins will come. The wins will come. But I think we've seen a lot of growth and, and development from a lot of different guys. And it's been fun to see. How about yourself? Are you getting more comfortable, more familiar with uh, what you need to do so you can just let your body take over and let your and not think about it, just go out and play? Yes, every every single week for me has has been continuing to get more and more and more comfortable with the defense, with my roles, what the coaches want from me. You know, every single week, you know, the the, the playbook changes. You know, PG and, and mm-hmm. full they really switch it up. It's almost like a different playbook every week. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, the corner pieces and 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 the, that stuff stays the same. So that's been fun to kind of you know lock in and hone in on that. But also understanding my special teams role. I'm a, I'm a four core guy right. on special teams. So, uh, for me, as the year has gone on, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with, you know, with what the coach expected me, the different external stresses, you know, getting settled here down here in Miami and, you know, everything has been, has, has been awesome for me. And I think, um, I continue to grow and, and continue just to get more and more comfortable with this team and with this defense. So you, you, you go to Wisconsin, your fourth round pick, you go to green Bay, which got to be every, every kid in Wisconsin's dream to be drafted by the green Bay Packers. <laughs> Patrick Graham was there with the Packers. That's right, yeah. Uh, coaching changes, uh, you, you get moved to New Orleans, um, and then you get traded here late late in the, in the season after playing one year there. Yep. And, and Coach Flo, you talk about Coach Flo. He worked you out when you were in college. Do you remember? Do you remember Coach Flo working you out in college? I do remember Coach yeah. Flo very vividly working yeah. us out. It was me and T.J. Watt. Right. Yeah. Me and T.J. Watt were going through the draft process. Yeah. Coach Flo, we had a we had a really intense uh, uh, film session, and then um, and then we went on the field, did a little, uh, did some fun uh, field work, and 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 just a few handshakes, and it was good. You know, Coach Flo is he's a true professional yeah. man, and. Um, you know, right when I got traded, I knew that there was going to be a great opportunity for me to really, you know, fit in this defense. It's a great fit for me, and I feel really fortunate to be here. So what, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, we're reading your bio, and, and we're talking about cranberries. We're, you know, talking about growing up on a cranberry farm. Yeah. Uh, what was that like, uh, your, your childhood, and did you always want to go to Wisconsin? Were, were you that type of mindset when you, when you were growing up in high school saying, this is where I want to be? 
Yeah, you know, I, I grew up, obviously you hit on it, I grew up on a cranberry marsh growing up. It's been in our family for 100 years. So it's... So did you stand out in the cranberries with the cranberries up to your waist like I see on the commercials? Or? On the commercials, the only time you, you flood the bed up with water yeah. is during harvest time. Oh, yes. Yes. And then you scoop them off the top? Is that how well, it works? Well, how it works is, is, is basically they grow on vines, right, mm-hmm. in a sandy soil. It's called a bed. And it's dry. You don't. Yeah. There's no water on it. It's not. It's not underwater. Yeah. Um, and then you, you you grow it, and 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 it comes up. And and then when it's harvest time during the fall, you flood the bed up with water. You have a little harvest machine that like comes in and shakes the vines. Right. And and then the the berries are buoyant, so they float to the top. Mm-hmm. You corral them all up. Yeah. Bring a little harvest machine in, comes down, scoops yeah. it up, sucks it up, and puts it on the. Do you drink trucks. vodka and cranberry after you're done with the harvest, or what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you like with your cranberry? <laughs> see, see, for me, I'm—I actually don't drink, so I, yeah. I enjoy cranberry and Seven Up. There you there go. That's, that's there you my go. that's my drink of choice. There you go. But um, you know what? Also, I, I come from a football family too. My my dad played college football at yeah. BYU. Mm-hmm. My uncle played college football at BYU. My grandfather GA'd there for a little bit, and then he's actually in the National High School Hall of Fame for. Um, head coaches for yeah. for high school oh, for nice. head coaches. So That's awesome. coached uh, coached at Lincoln High School in Wisconsin Rapids for for many yeah. years, and um, was definitely a big influence on me and my dad, and and kind of helping make me into the man I am. Well, big big game coming up for for the Badgers, Ohio State, but. They're kind of looking ahead, maybe a little bit. That little little, little tripped over I, Wisconsin along I, I, the way. I didn't realize what happened, boy. I didn't tripped even over realize. Wisconsin, uh. so I mean, was, tripped over Illinois. <laughs> I was telling John the last time I even mentioned Illinois, one of the guys I used to play with, Paul Langford's son, played at Illinois, and that, and that was about that was five probably years six, ago. Yeah, five, uh, six so years that's ago. That's the last time I'd even brought up the conversation about Illinois anywhere <sighs> in college football. But you know uh, what? It looked like Wisconsin had it in hand. Every time you, they'd score, go, okay, this is the time they're going to create some separation. But yeah. it just never happened. You know, um, was it a trap game? I don't know. We had a big game. Obviously, I, I know, yeah. it's hard not to look forward to yeah, a game yeah, where it's, yeah. Absolutely. it's coming up. And one thing I'll say about Paul Christ he always prepares his guys and, and keeps it the main thing, the main thing. It's yeah. one week at a time. And um, I don't want to say it was a trap game for those yeah. guys and those guys weren't concentrated, but, you know, when it – Look, it's human nature. You know, you, you, you can say the things, you can do the same things, but it, sometimes, you know, human nature is – hey, it's Illinois. We got Ohio State. It, it's, it's – yeah. you know, it, it, look, it's happened. It's, it's happened to everybody that's ever played – Yes. football at any level yes. at some point you get that game where you go no nah, we're going to take it as seriously as we do every game and then you get your ass kicked and you go what the hell happened yeah, there? How, yeah. how did that happen it kind of recenters you right yes. right yeah. but right. I, I, you know give a lot of credit to illinois too you know you know yep. lovey smith has done a great job there yep. they actually they if, played well the week before they played well right? the week before but then they also i want to say they had a bye week the week before and then they also got some guys healthy right. from from that and there were some guys injured so they got they were they were that fully was the perfect storm they were healthy they, it was at home it was a good environment for them so i don't want everyone to make excuses for yep. wisconsin but um it's a, it was definitely a tough one. The guys on the on the right when we got you know we were flying there yeah. right when we got off the plane, all the guys where's were in my, Beagle? Where, where's, where's Beagle? Beagle? Where's Beagle? Beagle, your Wisconsin team lost, man. Well, yeah, yeah. Dieter Dieter's with you too, so you both kind of had a little little misery together, right? Listen to me, Dieter has his Dieter's Dieter's got his nose down most of the time. He's he's that rookie right now, yeah. so he's yeah, he's, he's not kinda, saying yeah, anything. He's, 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 yeah. So so speaking of that, you got Ohio State coming up. Uh, you got uh, Raekwon and Jerome Baker. Um, there gonna be a little, a little, a little conversation about that during the course of the week. I'm sure there'll be some chatty conversations <laughs> in the linebacker room. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be well. Hey, uh, you know, it, it's great having you here. It's great having you come in here with us. And, and uh, you know, you, it's nice seeing you get the opportunity to play here yeah. and, uh, and 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 make plays. And, and I think, like you said, I think the well, way I- the way you play fits into this defense. Uh, in, in a lot of different ways, and, and so I think you've got a lot of uh, a good future ahead of you here, and we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, I had one one other question. I, I I'm going back through through the games that you've played. How did it feel to sack Tom Brady? You know that was uh, that was a, kind of a special moment, yeah. right? And I always. Uh, it was funny. Was when I got into the league, I said, you know, there's one guy I really want to sack in the league, and that was Tom Brady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And number two guy is Aaron Rodgers. I was on the team. I was on Aaron Rodgers' yeah. team. Yeah. But uh, you know that that day hopefully will come. So yeah. you know it was it was definitely cool. I have a ton of respect for for Tom Brady. I actually have a lot of family out yeah. on the East Coast. They're big. They're big Patriots fans. So it was kind of a fun thing for our family to experience. And, and how was it for you and your family to experience just the, just playing at Green Bay, being a Wisconsin family? 
and, and playing in Green Bay, playing at Lambeau Field as your home field. That, that Look, for me, I, I had the opportunity to play at Lambeau Field uh, one time. Enforcing it was 30 degrees and snowing. <laughs> because if you're going to play at Lambeau <laughs> one time, element, you, got, yeah. you, want to play, you want to play what Lambeau's supposed to be about, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but, but to play there for, for a while, that had to be a, a pretty special thing. You know, it was. It was kind of, I always say it was the Wisconsin kid's dream, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I grew up in Wisconsin. I went to the University of Wisconsin, and then I got drafted by the Green Bay Packers. And, but, but, but to be completely honest with you, when I was there, I felt like, for me, I couldn't be my true self. I felt like there was a lot of pressure yeah, yeah, on myself. Yeah. Um, you know, when I wasn't starting, I was like, man, I'm letting these people down. Yeah. It got away from the reason why I yeah. play the game. Yeah. And when I got released, it was almost like, a refreshing, yeah. a refreshness to me because I got back and to I can this, just be myself now. I can right? just be yeah. myself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going back to the, it goes, it's going back to the purity of the game. It's just yeah. playing ball again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not all the outside distractions. Yeah. And that's for me, that was the most, that was the best thing that could have happened to me for my career. And yeah. I got a lot of respect for Green Bay Packers, you know, their coaching staff, their, their you know, their front office. But, yeah. you know, for me, I, I've really enjoyed the last, you know, being, being here in Miami has been, yeah. I, I love it down here in Miami. Our family loves it. And being a part of the Saints was great last year. Good. Well, Vince, thanks, yeah, thanks, thanks for your time. Vince. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And, uh, Appreciate look, it, buddy. Look forward Good to big things you. from you going forward. Pleasure, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, what a, what a good guy, huh? Vince oh, Beagle. awesome guy. And, awesome and, and, guy. You know, he's a guy that you, you just, like I said. You he, root for, for him. For whatever reason, we're, we're in New Orleans, and I'm watching pregame warm-ups, and then, and then we got the ball down, and he's in, and I'm going, man, who is this guy? Because he would just, he, he's in the huddle, like getting his guys going and just, you know, just talking trash across the line right. of scrimmage. And, and and I don't know, he stuck in my mind, and then and then like three days later. He's on he's our on team. team. I go, well, I don't know, that, that's the same guy, you know, so. <laughs> But but boy, I tell you, guys like that to have on your team and well, that's who you're trying to get. Guys yeah. that are mentally tough, physically tough, that have played the game at a high level, and that are intelligent, that are smart, yep. that can take coaching and and kind of you know play yep. multiple positions for you on defense. And, and no doubt, talking to him, he loves playing his game. Yes, he you does. Know? It's in his family. It's in his it's in his DNA. It's all yep. it's all part of him. And he uh, loves football. L- loves it and, and good stuff. One of the other guys that likes football a lot that not uh, not playing much football right now, Larry Seipel, with the who played for the Dolphins. When I got there, uh, Larry Sipe was was still part of the team. When I got there in '76, played in the '72 undefeated team and played a big part in that game. But uh, I, I remember I remember Seiple, um played cards all the time. Mm-hmm. If there was a card game around, he was in it. You know, he was going, "Hey, where's where's Seiple at? Wherever the card game is, <laughs> he's going to be there." So, so he's a bit of a gambler at heart. Now, now he lives up in uh, in, in North Florida in a. Uh, in a community up there where he's playing golf and, and having a good time. But one of the guys, really kind of one of the unsung heroes when you look at the undefeated Dolphins in 1972, they're undefeated, going to the AFC Championship game. They've got to go on the road to Pittsburgh and play in the AFC Championship. I mean, how, how, how can that be of, right? when you're, you're undefeated? Right. Well, back then it was predetermined you know, who was going to, you know, which division was going to be. Travel. And, or who was going to yeah. travel. Who was. So, the, so the Dolphins had to go up and so they're they're playing they're in a dog fight with the Steelers and, and then uh, Larry then then Larry pulls out the the the, the fake punt which they had worked on uh, but but he had he had to pull the trigger on it and uh, and so I got the chance to to uh, to catch up with Larry uh, about a week or so ago uh, and, and talk specifically about that play that game and that football team let's hear what he had to say. Hey, uh, Larry, a lot, of, a lot of important things. We're talking about the, the AFC Championship game uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it, it's funny, but, but it was a game where a lot of things happened. But one of the, one of the first unique things is you guys are in the, in the middle of a, a you know, at, at an undefeated, in an undefeated season, but you still had to go on the road for the AFC Championship game. And, and, and I think a lot of people still right would understand, scratch their head, and how could that be if you're undefeated, undefeated and you got to go on the road to play a playoff game? Well, they didn't have that rule. Uh, that they have now where the the uh, team with the winning record or the more wins or whatever it is, the best record, will have home field advantage. They didn't have that. We alternated between uh, you know, divisions as far as who was going to host the, champ- uh, the AFC or uh, championship game. So there was no way to uh, for Pittsburgh to come to us. We had to go to them. It was our turn to travel. How good was that Steelers team in the early 70s? Well, you know, 
you know, what, the most important thing I think would happen was, you know, we expected it to be cold. Yeah. We did. We, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, this is in December, January, that type of thing. We get in there and it's 60 degrees. And we're happy as hell. We're thinking, boy, we're going to have, you know, this is going to be great, you know, if it's 60 degrees. And we knew how good Pittsburgh was. But, you know, traveling there, we would have much rather played them at home and given us a, you know, a little bit of an advantage that way. We thought with the weather and everything that kind of the advantages were just about equal because they were a pretty good defense and we were a pretty good offense. And uh, so we really weren't too worried about it at the time. Talk about uh, playing in that in that venue, <clears throat> Three River Stadium at the time, Pittsburgh Steelers. That, that that fan base loves their football team, and and it was always a tough place to play. And I would assume, yes, it was. You know, it was loud. Uh, it was uh, kind of uh, you know scary a little bit as you walk onto the field. You know, they got louder the, the closer we got to to uh, sitting down and getting ready to play. The louder they got. Uh, and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, Pittsburgh had a pretty good record going. Uh, they had a good football team, both offensively and defensively. And, uh, you know, it was going to be a tough thing for us to walk in there and, and even come close to winning the game. You know, sometimes you need some breaks to win the game. And with them early in the game, Steelers have the ball in third and third and two from your own three-yard line. Jake Scott hits Bradshaw. He fumbles. Ball goes in the end zone, and their guy Mullins recovers it for a touchdown. What's the emotion like to make a big play like that on defense, only to see them come away with a score on the play? Well, it's kind of disheartening. You know, you know, Jake makes a heck of a play on a quarterback. In fact, he knocks him out of the game uh, on that play. And, you know, he fumbles the ball into the end zone. One of their guys jumps on it. We just weren't quick enough to get to it. Uh, you know, it's kind of disheartening knowing that, you know, they didn't really deserve that touchdown, but they got it anyway. So now you're down 7 nothing, and uh, you got to fight a little harder. First series of second quarter, it's fourth and five, <clears throat> excuse me, on Pittsburgh's 49-yard line. You go back to punt, but uh, you decide to run the ball, 37 yards for a first down. And, and, and Larry, I know this about you. You're of a gambler at heart. I don't think I ever saw a card game anywhere around where you weren't involved in it. So <laughs> well, that may have been the be- biggest gamble you ever took. <laughs> well, you know what I always said, thank God it worked, because if it hadn't, I'd still be walking back to Miami. Uh yeah, it, it was one of those things. We had, you know, Coach Shula and Coach Cassif both uh, got me aside uh, during the week and told me what they had planned, showed me what uh, Pittsburgh did on punt returns, what they had planned for it, when they were going to do it, and it wasn't a win. It was when Co- Coach Shula would call it. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, uh, Bo, even you could have ran through the hole. Well, I don't know about that. There was, that was so big. I mean... Yeah. Everybody went to our left, their right, and Pearson, or Pearsall, I can't remember, it was Pearson or Pearsall, came in and rushed. Bob Matheson blocked yeah. him. There was nobody there. Nobody. All I saw was green grass, and uh, so I took off. Uh, thank God I made it. Uh, it helped a little bit, got us down to about the seven-yard line or five-yard line, wherever it was, somewhere in there, so it was able to, enabled us to at least score and hopefully uh, win a ball game, maybe. So was <clears throat> was that a called play, or was it something where you had the option if you saw the key that you guys were looking for? To, it was supposed to be called by Coach Shula, yeah. and I didn't wait for him to call it. To be <laughs> honest with you, <laughs> so there was a true gamble then. Oh yes, oh yeah. It was one of those things that you, you know, if you're going to do it, you better make it yeah. and uh, at least make the first down. I had no idea it would get as far as it did. Uh, I was worried about just getting six yards, so we had a first down. That's all I was concerned with. So, what did the boss say to you when you got to the sideline? He really didn't say too much. He kind of smiled and he said something about to the effect that I thought you were going to wait for me, you <laughs> know, to make the call and. Uh, but uh, he was he was he was happy with it as long yeah. as I, he always told me he said you can do it just as long as you make it <laughs> and so that was the end of it. And the coach Shula called that play the turning point in the game, gave your your football team a spark. And looking back, when you look at it and you remember it and you, and you remember the the emotions and what was going on at the time, how big of a play was it in your mind? 
Well, you know, I always, they always said, well, that was the turning point of the game. No, it was and it wasn't. You know, I think the turning point really, when you get right down to it, is bringing Bob back into the second half. And he hit Warfield down the side, down the, uh, on the left slant for about 60 yards, I think it was. And I think bringing Bob into the game, I think that gave everybody a little extra boost. Because mm-hmm. we weren't really doing much, you know, when Earl was there and Pittsburgh was a hell of a defense. So we weren't really moving the ball very well on them. So bringing Bob in, we started to move a little bit, and uh, I think that was a turning point. Yeah, I, I think the little jaunt that I'd made uh, helped them get to, to the point where they could get it in the end zone and tie the game. Uh, but I think the turning point of the whole game was Bob at halftime. Well, you you you, you, get, you run the fake punt, it works, and, and it really doesn't it really doesn't mean anything if you don't make it count. And two plays later, after the run. Earl Morrill hit Zonka for a five-yard touchdown pass, and you being the guy that, that made set that up, how had to make you feel good that you gave them the that gave that team the position to put them in that position to be able to punch it into the end zone. Well, it made, it made me feel great. I mean, uh, it just made me feel great to see Zonka catch a ball. You know, he was he was known for stone hands. Yeah. You know, he could, he could he couldn't catch a cold, but uh, he caught that. Thank God, and then, you know, just walked in the end zone. So yeah, I'm I was happy with it. I was excited about it. I thought it was it was great. Now we've got a tie score, and we'll see what we can do. Now you talked about Greasy going down early in the season. Earl Morrill comes in and keeps that uh, keeps that undefeated season going for you guys. And halftime, you says you said Coach Shula made the decision to to pull Earl Morrill and put Greasy in. How did the coach tell the team that he was going to make that switch? And did you did you did you talk to either one of those guys about about what they were what they was going through their minds at the time? No, I didn't. No, I didn't talk to either one of them. Yeah. You know, I, I, what I saw what I, what I heard was that you know Shula told he, well he told everybody that you know we're going to uh, sit Morrill down and and bring in Bob Greasy and you know everybody was kind of buzzing around that kind of happy with it a little bit. Um, you know, Earl was very disappointed. Mm-hmm. He thought he, you know, he, he'd gotten us there for crying out loud. If it wasn't for Earl Morrow, we wouldn't have been in the situation we were in. And, uh, you know, we knew that. He knew that. Shula knew that. Uh, making the decision was a tough one for Don because, you know, he and Earl go way back to Baltimore. And uh, that's a long way back. And uh, so... That was a little tough for Don to, to 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 make that change, but he thought he had to to give a spark to the offense, and uh, and it did. Yep. So. Pittsburgh took a 10-7 lead uh, in the third quarter. Then Greasy comes in the game, as you said earlier. His first pass went 52 yards to Paul Warfield, and I talked about a spark of your uh, with you with your uh, uh, punt run with the run of the punt. That was a, another big spark for this football team to get Bob back in there right off the bat, hits Warfield down the field, and you guys got to feel, hey, we're right back, right back where we need to be here. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and that's a, you know, I think the the reason that Shula made that decision was to give us a little spark, and and being having Bob in there uh, kind of got us back to what we were original, the way we started the season uh, back in first game, and I think that was the spark that they needed to. to kept themselves a little bit more motivated than what they were at, at the time. That, that led to the first of two touchdown runs, both by Jimmy Kick, that gave you guys a 21-10 lead. And, you know, you, you talk about all the stars on that football team on offensively and all the Hall of Famers, but how important was Jim Kick to the offense on, on that day in particular uh, and in general during, during his time there? Well, Jim, Jim was, he was more important than, than a lot of people on that offense. I mean – when they had a problem running the ball, they gave the ball to Jim Kick. And when Zonka was carrying the ball, Jim Kick was a blocker. Mercury Morris didn't block very much. So he, didn't, he wasn't in there when Zonka was carrying the ball. Uh, but Jim was he was an excellent inside runner. He didn't have great speed to get outside, but he could get outside, especially with Larry Little and uh, Bob Kuchenberg leading around. So, you know, to have Jim Kick as the kind of the – you know, I always called Zomp the bull in the, you know, in, yep. the, in the ring. But I'll tell you what, Jimmy Kick was just as just as tough going in there. 
Uh, he, he he was a hard-nosed football player who deserved what he got. No doubt. Hey, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, they close the score, get up to 21-17 late in the game. Nick Bonacani, Mike Colin both get interceptions to top the stop the final two Steeler drives and and the guy the architect of that uh, of, of that whole 53 defense and and using Bob Mathis in the way he used him was Bill Arnsbarger in the no right. no name defense and and I know I had the opportunity to play for him but from your viewpoint h- how good was he uh, of a defensive coordinator Bill was very good I thought he was he was the best in the league at that time uh I uh I stayed around and got injured uh, after the oh, 77 or 78 season. Mm-hmm. I don't know, start of the 78 season. And I, what I did is I charted the defenses. And, you know, Bill had already gone to uh, uh, New York New Giants, York, yep. I believe. And he was, he was with the Giants at that time. But, uh, you know, I thought Bill, you know, I'm a little prejudiced because he's a Kentucky boy and I went to <laughs> Kentucky. So, you know, he's from Paris, Kentucky. And, Bill was really, uh, he was a great person, but he was also a good teacher. And he had strong convictions on certain things that the defense had to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did it. I mean, and they played very well from 70 to, to 78, 80. And uh, they c- continued on even after he left and went to, uh, to the New York Giants. What were the emotions in the locker room? You go, you win on the road. It gives you an opportunity to go back to your second Super Bowl. Um, it had to be bedlam in there. It was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, you know, we're we're going to the Super Bowl, and we're what fourteen and zero, or uh, I mean, sixteen and zero, whatever the heck we were at the time. And you know, people were going crazy. Uh, we were going nuts because you know we we couldn't believe we went all the way through the whole year undefeated. I mean, there were close calls. We almost lost to Minnesota. We almost lost to Buffalo at home. Uh, you know, those those were close games. Uh, Pittsburgh, we had them, and you know, when it was twenty-one ten, uh, we thought we were we had a pretty good chance to win that game. But uh, you know, there were close games in there, and for us to be undefeated, it was just uh, it's it's something I don't think I'll ever forget. And uh, the the flight <clears throat> the flight back um, flight back to uh, Miami had to be. Uh, had to be pretty fun in there. I don't even know. It may have been too much, too much action on there to get into the card games. But what was what was going on, <laughs> on that plane on the way back? Well, I know one thing. There's a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> we drank a lot of beer on that flight coming back. Everybody was celebrating. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just it was uh, very few card games. There were some games, I guess, might be in play, but most of them, most everybody was just having a great time on the plane and walking around yeah. and. Congratulating everybody, and you know, high, well, we weren't high fiving because it wasn't. There's no, there was no high five back then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you know, it was just, it was just a great feeling. I don't know, you're going into the Super Bowl, you're undefeated, uh, and you're going to play Washington, and uh, it was great. I, I still have visions in my mind of those those shots back at the airport. You come back, the crowd's there. Coach Shula's there with the trophy, and everyone's. You got the whole thing set up, and and, and that had to be a warm feeling, knowing knowing that because it, you know it certainly was a Super Bowl, an, an opportunity for the Super Bowl for you guys, uh, but it was also also for the fans that have, were pretty loyal to you guys back then. You guys, you, you, very very rarely was there an empty seat in the house when you guys played. So that that whole well, scene, that whole. You know, scene, well, I'm, oh, talking, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I'm talking about post Shula in this. In, <laughs> but but the, but the crowd that it, it had to be that had to be a, a, another scene that was just kind of etched in your mind. Oh yeah. Well, say that again. I, I didn't hear the whole thing. No, no. I said coming back and 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 getting off the plane, seeing the crowd, the people that were there, the fans that show up, but always did at the airport. But I'm sure there was a, a a big crowd there. That that had to be pretty enjoyable for you guys. Yeah, it was because we, you know, we they've been doing that. The crowds have been there after a, a lot of uh, uh, trips uh, away away games, but after we won uh, beat Pittsburgh, it was three times the amount of people there. I mean, you couldn't even get down off the plane. You couldn't even get to your cars and and get out of there. It was just so crowded. Uh, it was it was great. It was great for the fans. It was great for the players to see it. Uh, you know, we just we just appreciated it so much. All right, so good stuff from uh, from Larry Seipel. And, uh, boy, you, you know, you, the other thing we, you talked about in that game, the defining there are two defining things in that game. One was a, one was a fake punt. Right. That, that 
they knew what they were going to do it, but Larry just kind of, I mean, then he just kind of did it gotta, on his gotta own. Go, yeah. kind of did it on his own there. And he's like, he said, thank God I made it because he wouldn't want to. <laughs> you he you go back wanna, to the Pittsburgh sideline. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or just walk out of the stadium and, and go home, I think would be the other thing. But but the, the game, that was the game that, uh, you know, Earl Morrill had came in for Bob Greasy after Bob broke his ankle early in the season. Kept this team undefeated, and then Greece comes in at, at halftime, halftime. And, and takes them through and, and, and closes out for the undefeated season in the Super Bowl. So, uh, r- really a good, uh, really a good story, and, and and one of the really one of the big plays in, in Dolphin history. Yeah, I mean, I can still remember just watching him do it. You know, yeah. the hesitation, the walk up, the walk up, yeah. and then he's gone, and uh, that was really the catalyst. Yeah. You know, for for that team to jumpstart the victory yeah. and, and come back and win and win that football. And game. Larry, I always thought Larry was a tight end because when I came in, he was he was a tight end. In. Right, you know, you didn't just—it wasn't just you know—he was so he's practicing a tight end, and then he would punt, and it was a little different than it was right now. But uh, uh, but yeah, so he had a, you know, a little dual role in the team, and everyone thinks about the punt. But I always remember him as a, as a tight end uh, you in, know, in my mind. So. And, and you and you feel like going back up to Pittsburgh now for Monday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, you're facing a team that that's going through a little bit of quarterback yeah. quandary yeah. because Ben Ben's out for the year. Yeah. You know, you've got a guy in Rudolph that's going to hopefully you know come back and be able to be healthy uh number one but come back and play against the dolphins at quarterback so there's going to be a lot of uncertainty yep. in terms of uh, the team that the dolphins are going up to play but no make no mistake about it the defense uh is where they're yep. going to make uh make some hay because that 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 part of the Steelers is very stout. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And John, it's it's as we wrap this thing up. Uh, you know, you, you spent a lot of time up in Pittsburgh. You know what that's all about. You know what that city's all about. Uh, and you you know what that love affair with that the Steelers football right. team is about up there. So no matter what they're doing, that that those that fan base is going to be behind them, going to support them. Heck, I was watching the game when they were out in. Uh, in uh, oh, in, 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 in LA, LA playing the, the Chargers. Chargers, yeah, and and you would have thought they were playing in the middle the of in downtown Pittsburgh. Were going yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. all it was yeah. all gold and black. You know, I, black I remember gold. flying up when the Dolphins played the Steelers. I I, I want to say I don't know if it was a Sunday night game or a Monday night game, but I remember flying up and I was in and we're flying commercial. At, I was flying up commercial at the time, so got on a plane in Miami. There were about two or three Pittsburgh fans on it, and there were some Dolphin fans on the plane, and then we got to Atlanta. And got on a plane from Atlanta to Pittsburgh, and it was just a sea of gold yeah, and black. Yeah, it was crazy. And they're singing that song. I don't know what that song <laughs> that they sing, but they're singing the whole flight. I'm going to damn land this plane and let me stop Please. hearing this song. But, yeah. but they're they're rabid fans. They're national fans. And uh, in, in Pittsburgh, I don't care what it is. I remember playing in Three Rivers Stadium, and that was a tough, tough place to play. You know, it's more the Bills and the Steelers, more like college uh, crowds yeah. and, and because they're very boisterous. They get into it. They've got songs yep. that when they come on, the people go crazy. Yep. And uh, it's a lot of fun when you can quiet the crowd. Yeah, no uh, doubt. I'm sure, you know, and I'm sure the Dolphins did a lot of that in Buffalo last yep. week at certain point, parts of the game. And it'll be a challenge again on the road. You know, I, I, I believe, you know, and, and Vince talked about a little bit, wins are coming for this football team. I think the Dolphins are going to win a game. And what better place to do it than on a Monday night in front of a national audience in Pittsburgh when nobody in the country Expects you is to expecting win. you to win. Yeah, that would be nice. That, that would, would be, be awesome. tremendous. Yeah, so let's see if it can happen. See if we can get that to happen this week. We'll catch you again next week on The Audible. For John Kajemi, I'm Kim Bocamper. I want to thanks, Vic, thank Vince Beagle for being on the show. I want to thank Larry Seipel for being on the show. And we'll be back with you next week, and hopefully we're talking about a, uh, about a win in Pittsburgh a week from now. And don't forget Microsoft Surface for all your computer needs. Right, John? Absolutely, Bo. See you next week.